Hello and welcome to the Social Media Podcast. How are you doing? This is Simon Scholes here. Thank you for joining me today. So as always, three times a week I go live with my live show called Dazed and Confused, answering your social media questions as best as I possibly can do, trying to help you get on that content creation journey. However, once a week as well, we bring in a guest to talk about different subject matters. In the past, it's been about YouTube. We've spoken to people about podcasting, about lifestyle stuff, all sorts of different things. And in these difficult times, I thought it was an ideal chance to bring in somebody who really works on trying to help people shift their mindset so they're more positive. So enjoy today's episode. This is me chatting to George Swift from Bigger, Brighter, Boulder. The Social Media Podcast with Simon Scholes. Tips, hints, and great content ideas. Good evening. How are you, Diddlin? Excellent. Me too. Thank you very much for asking. Welcome to another episode of Dazed and Confused, my three times a week live show where we sit down, we chat about your questions, answering them about social media, about video, and generally trying to help you get on that content creation journey um, and making stuff that's going to get your brand out there, get people speaking about you, um, which is what social media is all about. It's that next level of marketing. It's where everybody is at the moment. So for those of you who don't know who the hell I am, I am Simon Scholes. I'm the founder and creative director of Perception Studios. We're an award-winning visual marketing agency. We help brands and businesses create content that makes them stand out on social media, be that video, animation, aerial work, all that kind of stuff. And then a few years ago, when I was doing that work, I realized that not every brand, not every business was in a position to pay for content to be created for them, especially smaller businesses. But I kind of really wanted to help them out. I wanted to make sure that they were still kind of creating this content. So I sat down. I decided to come up with a process. I called it How to Nine Times Your Social Media. I turned into a book. It went to number one. That was really cool. I do talks about it. And it's everything that is from planning your content all the way through to podcasting and the stuff that happens in between as well. But the whole point is trying to give you more time back as a business owner because when you're running a small business, you try and do everything yourself. You probably shouldn't, but you try and do everything yourself and you end up in this position where you're like, well, I know I should be doing social media, but you end up with a scattergun approach because you don't post all the time. You're not consistent. And that's what How to Nine Times Your Social Media is all about. It's trying to get you consistent, making content for free and putting stuff out there so that people are talking about you and then you can step away and concentrate on the stuff that will make you money. That's the whole point. But we're in weird times at the moment. And so we need to be making more content. We need to be doing all sorts of different things. We're in lockdown number two and it's kind of messed with everybody a little bit. I was chatting with somebody the other day about this and kind of lockdown number two feels like it's been longer than lockdown number one already. And we're only two weeks into the damn thing. Then what, three, two and a half weeks in? And so we've still got another two weeks to go. Then we're going to go into this stupid tier system. And it's really, really messed with a lot of people's mindset, which is why I've got the guest on that I have this evening. So every week, obviously, I have different people to chat to. Uh, and tonight, I am uh, very happy to welcome to the stream uh, George Swift from Bigger, Brighter, Boulder. Hello, George. Hi, Simon. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. So cold. I'm cold. So <laughs> you're in the garage. It doesn't look like you are, but you're in like a sheddy kind I'm of my, studio, I'm in my, my studio, Simon, my studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Bigger, Brighter, Boulder, first things first, let's uh, let's explain what Bigger, Brighter, Boulder actually is. So, yeah, well, Bigger, Brighter, Boulder um, success groups 
is 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 kind of a group of uh, ambitious business owners um, from early days, you know, almost like startup kind of businesses, all the way through to our masterminds where we have uh, companies in there doing hundreds, multiple hundreds in turnover, thousands, um, even up to uh, multiple millions in turnovers. And what we really do is help people um, with the internal stuff. So, you know, overcoming their own internal limitations, confidence, uh, self-esteem issues, et cetera, mo uh, motivation, making sure we we, we maintain that momentum um, whilst also working on all the things that stop us, slow us down, hold us back in the external world. The challenges, you know, keeping up, maintaining sales activity, um, working our way through the, this this crazy, crazy year so far, for example, um, helping them set goals, set their vision, um, holding them accountable to those goals, working together collectively to come up with new ideas for people, to share ideas, to troubleshoot, cause you know, to, to support each other when things are mm -hmm. tough, to uh, to celebrate and share in their successes when things go well. And basically just to create this incredible community that we've done with Bigger Bright Boulder and our success groups, just to create this incredible community of, of like-minded, you know, decent business owners that are trying to do the right things. They're trying to make a success of their businesses whilst also delivering you know, incredible service uh, to their clients. And what we do is just help them become more successful, help them become ultimately more fulfilled and to help them on their journey to create, you know, the lifestyle, the life and the business that they want to achieve. You mentioned it briefly in the middle there, um, yep. lockdown. It has been weird. How, how has yours been? And how has the community's lockdown been as well? How's it been? Well, <laughs> so, well, yeah. So, we, you know, <laughs> what's the word? Where do we, where, where do we, where do we start? Where do we start? I think is the one you're looking for. Where did we start? <laughs> where, do we, where do we start with all this, this stuff and that? Okay. I, I, it went from something that didn't make a lot of sense to me to something that makes less sense to me. Um, so, so, you know, for me, I, I, I talk about this. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a medic. I'm not a doctor. I'm not whatever. Where I come from, it's really simple. I'm here to support small business owners. Right. And, and, and whilst there's other things going on in the world and everything else, Small business owners are having to pay an incredible price at the moment for the the course of action that the government's taking. Whether we agree or disagree with that course of action, um, you know, small independents and stuff like that are really paying a massive price. So for me, you know, I, I'm always weighing up the price that you know that we're paying. You know, as small business owners in terms of you know shutting up shops, pubs, restaurants, cafes, but even just the difficulties of businesses like yours and mine, where we can do it from home, for example, and maybe many of us do do it from home anyway. Um, it's still creating this this incredible um, rapid decline in the economy, you know, which is making it really challenging for people. So I think there's there's two heads here I've got with regards to lockdown. On the one hand, um, it's just another hurdle. It's just another bunch of of things to navigate. I think when it hit sort of late March, the 23rd hit, and I think it was so unheard of, so unseen. It was like living in some weird movie script, like Contagion or something. And suddenly we were locked down in our houses and it was a very strange time. And I think for about two weeks or so, like most people, I'm sort of playing catch up, like what the hell is going on in the world? And and then we kind of hit our stride and, you know, and, and, and you start to say, right, okay, so this is what we're dealing with. This is what we have to navigate. What do we do? Um, me personally, I'm not gonna lie. I've kind of enjoyed lockdown, and I think it's one of its make, making the best of a bad situation. The other thing is, I think it's where you focus your, your your energy, right? And I think there's been a lot of negative things over the last seven, eight months in terms of what that means to business owners and individuals working from home, living at home. But I think you know, like any any challenge, if you if you if you hold on to the past and you hold on to what was, you sit in that permanent frustration. Whereas I think the moment you get your head around the fact of Okay, so this is the world we're living in now. This is the environment we're we're living in. Um, how do I best navigate this? How can I how can I get the most out of this opportunity? And I think if you've got that kind of mindset, actually, there's a lot of good things that have come out of 
lockdown for a lot of people, you know, whether that's just, you know, realizing that the pace of life they had before and the commuting and stuff wasn't working and working from home does work for them, whether that's, you know, Zoom and stuff and, you know, all these businesses that have been, you know, the, all, these, all these crusty old businesses that refuse to go online and refuse to embrace this technology have had to take on it technology, right? And that can only be a good thing because... Twisting their arm up the back and, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> and they had to. And I think that's really good. So I think it, there's two sides to, to lockdown. You mentioned lockdown. So lockdown, the, the act of being locked down, I mean, yeah, you lose, you know, a lot of privileges and a lot of freedoms and stuff you gain whatever you gain from it. Does that make sense? You, you re, re-evolve your life and stuff. Um, in terms of the impact on the economy, of course, um, there's no question that we've seen that impact over the last six, seven months with the businesses that we work with. And it's been a big part, I suppose, of what we've had to do is really help business owners to, to uh, number one, make sure they stay in the game and not buy too much into the narrative. You know, the external narrative that it's all doom, it's all gloom, it's all you know, it's all miserable. And, you know, we start looking at, you know, the recession that we're in and all these sorts of things. It's like, okay, fine, great. That is what's going on out there, but we don't have to play our part in that. Yeah, We get to, you know, we get to set our life up and we get to set our business up and we get to re-engineer our lives and our businesses in a way that works best within what we're doing. And for some businesses, it was easy and it was quick. We we had, you know, I mean, we had about a week where we had to shift our stuff from being all delivery face-to-face in rooms, for example, to shift that into an online kind of business, if you like, almost overnight. So, you know, we were working twice as many hours probably like many people were for that period of time to transition things across. We doubled down in terms of supporting our members. So there's a lot of hard work in there. Um, and from our, our members' perspective, some transitioned easily, seamlessly-ish. Um, some took a lot longer, you know, in order to, to kind of find their, their feet and stuff. Um, but you know, up until, I mean, you know, October, we do our big board meetings and stuff. We do our quarterly board meetings in the group where everyone, you know, reports back to us. And by October, actually, you know, the vast majority of members were not just back on track, actually, were actually ahead. And if anything, still on track for the goals they set back in January, when we lived in a normal world and we thought, when we had all those, all those predictions of how all those things that we, that that we presumed were going to happen, you know, like summer holidays and, you know, just, just, just the obvious things you just assumed were happen and you know your kids going to school and stuff like that so back in january you know there's a lot of optimism wasn't there around 2020 and, and yeah, i'm always yeah. skeptical i'm always skeptical about that blind optimism it's a new year it's all going to be new it's all going to be different but this year i'm, I'm going to lie it felt like it was going to be and uh, and the year's not over yet and i think there's been a lot of opportunity during this year it's come with a lot of pain a lot of struggling but um yeah i think i think like, like everyone i think you struggle i think it's annoying i think it's an inconvenience i think it's frustrating um, I think it can get you angry and frustrated at certain times and all this lot, but I think ultimately it's as bad as you make it. And I think mm-hmm. it's as good as you make it. And I would rather be where we were, but I can't make that happen because I'm not in charge. So we are where we are. So you've got two choices. Do you keep harping back to what was? Um, do you keep looking forward to what could be? Or do you say, right, right now, this is life, this is business, this is how it works and, and just capitalize on it best you can, right? Yeah. Speaking of what was then, Let's uh, let's leave the world of BBB for a moment and go back to the the start. What kind of got you into what you're doing now? What have you done in the past? So so we so, so yeah right. So if you go right the way back, um, I've been and I, and it, believe it or not, it took me I know like like two decades to work this out that actually I've always been like a teacher. Right? I've always I've always I I always fought against school. I, I, I was I was an averagely good student. You know, I did enough to keep under the radar and. I did pretty all right, but nothing amazing. <laughs> and, 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 you know, 
and I'm quite critical of education in all senses as well, by the way, I always have been. So it was quite a revelation for me when I realized that about the age of 40, that actually I've been a teacher like kind of my whole life. You know? <laughs> it's weird. So going right way back, you know, my whole life, really. I mean, when I was younger, I, I, I was into kickboxing and, and martial arts and I, I took over the club and run the club um for a while uh well for a number of years and then i set up my own clubs and conjunction with other people so i've always been that kind of teacher coach mentor kind of thing in, around performance mm-hmm. um and then i went off and, and and did some sales jobs and and had my own recruitment firm and stuff like that um then i went back to university as you do sometimes a bit, bit of a I say early midlife crisis only 30 what does that mean <laughs> mid midlife crisis i don't know so i went back to university and, and, I, and i did film a master's in film and stuff and i came out and lectured in film so again you know I, I hadn't really put the link together that the whole thread my whole life has constantly been about educating inspiring motivating teaching yeah. uh, just trying to help people to, to 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 give them that leg up and that that level up and i think there was a point when i was still doing the university lecturing in film and uh and i was doing some work up here with my partner tracy um well actually not true actually we weren't doing the work at that point i was seeing her and i wanted to bring something closer to home so i could have more time here so the yeah. university stuff i was doing part-time and i wanted to do some work out here so i started doing some personal training and i thought right if i added coaching to personal training it would be a, and honestly i thought you know what i'll get a certificate that says i can do some coaching i'd kind of been that you know, that guru guy for so long or whatever, you know, but I've been called all sorts of things. Guru George, Swami Swift. Mm. Yeah, Guru George, Swami <laughs> Swift was when I had my younger. Because I was, I never realized, you know, I was the guy that friends would come to and just unload and say, explain this to me. What's going on? What's, what's going on in here? Um, so I was, I was that kind of role. And I think I took up, we, you know, I started doing the, uh, the personal trade, the personal training. I did the coaching qualification to really support that. I thought it would be a good thing just to, just to do. And that just took over. So, you know, from the personal training, it went very quickly into confidence and self-esteem for people, um, which were really a lot of the issues that were behind, if you like, the per- you know, mm-hmm. the clients that were coming to me for personal training. Tracy was already doing her coaching uh, course at the same time. We had enrolled on that. So uh, we both qualified as coaches. And then we thought, right, we're going to become confidence coaches. Well, now, confident coach, as you will know, like, you know, every other every other coach is a confidence coach. And there's one on every corner. And every every every, every uh, networking group in the world has a we'll confidence coach. We'll come to that in a moment. <laughs> right. Okay, right. Well, I know you work in that field, right? So for me, back then, there, there really wasn't, you know. And you were trying to distinguish yourself. And it was confidence and self-esteem. And a lot of what I did was around fear because – Another another thing I did, which was the self-defense work and stuff. So I used to work in inner city rejuvenation projects. This was at the same time, by the way, as doing the university lecturing and what have you. And I'd work in inner city rejuvenation projects um, all around London. I worked at the Bank of England, the Prince's Trust, for example. That was all around fear and it was all about conflict management. So you know, I was there to kind of teach them how to do self-defense. But for me, it was like one hour's worth of physical. Three hours was about empowerment and mindset and you know, and and what is it you're doing that's creating so much hostility in your own life? More attention, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of that, and I think so. That so, so much background on all that. So when we started doing the confidence, self-esteem, you know, I leaned heavily on what I knew about the the emotional responses around fear and anxiety and all that sort of stuff, and 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 brought that into my clients. And I coached on things that you're not meant to coach on. So I was coaching on, um, you know, things like suicide. I was coaching on on depression, anxiety um self-harming uh, uh, eating disorders things you're not meant to coach on but i was finding these people kept coming to me because they 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 you know therapy hadn't worked for them and you know other things they'd tried and worked for them and i was just mm-hmm. getting amazing results by just 
but just honestly, just just getting them to understand what was going on in here and, and just yeah. having that awareness and that revelation and showing them where things have got a little bit like cross-wired, you know, and, and sort of guiding them out of those those spaces. And from there, you know, we just we just fell in love with that. I just fell in love with and it's it's something I've had my whole life, which is it's just trying to help people, support people. Um, you know, the underdog, always been the underdog, right? You know, I'm the guy that wants to coach like I did, you know, coach the worst rugby team in the country rather than, you know, rather than the best team yeah. in the country. I'm always that guy that gets that underdog, you know, and I think me and Trace, when we, you know, we, we started coaching our self-confidence, self-esteem, and it moved very heavily into working with entrepreneurs and business owners around those issues. And it was just a natural step into the company we have today, you know, BBB and stepping into success groups, uh, you know, what, like eight and a half years ago, success groups launched, which was really around mindset, personal performance, uh, motivation, all those sorts of things, and goal setting um, for entrepreneurs and their businesses. And since then, we've kind of just really evolved the business from there. So what got me into it is what's always, I suppose, fueled me from whether it's the self-defense days, the lecturing days, or whether it's the days going back to martial arts and stuff from my clubs and being an instructor there and, and, and a kickboxing coach. It's, it's about helping people to tap into more of what they've got Mm-hmm. And and then we just found our absolute love and passion for for business owners and entrepreneurs. And I was just gonna I was just gonna ask the question. Obviously, I mean it's probably a fairly obvious answer after what you've just said. But what made you want to work with smaller businesses rather than going for the big bucks with the corporate boys, for example? So of course you do, right? And and, and I, I talk about this quite a lot now actually to business owners. There's always that allure of going into blue chips or big corporations because obviously number one you you assume that's where the money is. Number two, that's where the big work is. Um, also, it's where, you know, it's, it's like it's perceived that's where the sexy work is, you know, in the big businesses and stuff like that. Um, so we did. We chased that. We chased that as well. And, uh, and and very quickly, I realized that's not the right environment for me. So, you know, I'm quite challenging. Uh, I'm not your typical business coach. In fact, I'm not a business coach at all. I never pitch myself as that. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not that guy that's going to come in in a suit and a tie, and you know, I put a shirt on for you, Simon. You should be impressed. Um, <laughs> you wore yeah, dressed up as well. You yeah. wore a t-shirt. If I'd known, I'd have just kept the t-shirt on. Um, but yes, yeah, so I wear a shirt. I always wear a shirt. Um, but no, you know, and I was that guy who would turn up, and I'd turn up in jeans and a t-shirt, or even shorts and stuff, and work with with, with companies and stuff like that. And their board tables, and if they were listening, if I could get in, I could have an impact. But often the impact was was just hard work because of the size of the machines and stuff like that, you know, the, me- mm. me- the mechanisms of big corporate just you didn't work. The tools, but there's so much red tape half the time, isn't there, I guess? It that, was. Yeah. And, and winning the business was really hard as well, you know, stuff like that. So we used to do like one-off events, you know, back in the day. And that was a big thing we used to do for corporates. We'd go in and do big pump-up events or we'd take a board, a, board, uh, a senior leadership team. Um, or the board team and we'd do like a big pump up event and, and get them to look at fears and and look at how they can increase their performances and stuff and that was kind of fun but honestly the 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 reason we we, we moved away from that is too far one is actually the reason i say to a lot of small businesses don't chase the big business is because actually the red tape and all that lot actually you know you can you can go bankrupt waiting yeah to try and win a deal with a big corporate you know it could take months and there's you know and it's all these different things whereas you can work with a smaller business where the owner's still in the business. It can still be a multi-million pound business, but the owner's still in the business. They just make fast decisions. But really, the love for me was was when you have any kind of impact in a smaller organization, it's almost like a media. It's the same reason I love sport and, and, and coaching yeah. in sport. And I, I mentored the rugby team, for example, is because you can have a conversation today. And if they get it today, you can see the performance on the field tomorrow. And small yeah. businesses are the same. You can see the shift almost like tomorrow, you know, you know, whether that's tomorrow literally or just a week or a month, you know, you can see that feedback really quickly. Um, 
And for me, I went even smaller. And you know this, you know, most of my members are under 100K businesses. We've got a fair chunk over that, but a lot of our businesses are under 100K. And the reason is because so many business owners are, you know, running 20, 30K businesses, maybe even 40, 50K businesses, but they get trapped in that space where they've created an income for themselves. They've created a job for themselves, but they could be so much more and they could do so much more. And there's that frustration that really good people that I believe deserve to have much more success than maybe they're having, mm-hmm. but have it, you know, and it doesn't, it, it's not rocket science at that level to create some, some, some really nice changes and shifts. So for me, I just absolutely love it. So for me, small businesses, definitely owner led businesses, even the one-to-one work I occasionally do, they're bigger businesses, maybe four or 5 million, but they're still companies that maybe got 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 people max in them. You know, small businesses under forty nine, yeah. uh, under forty nine staff. Most of them, most of them, well under the million, and out of that, the majority are even under one hundred k. Just love it. I just love it. I just love helping an individual create a better life for them. It's instantaneous, right? I make you yeah. more successful in your business. Instantaneously, you create a better life for you. Instantaneously, you're delivering better for your clients. It's 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 that immediate feedback that I love so much. Cool. Uh, you mentioned earlier that the world of mindset coaches. We're going to have to delve in. To it a little bit, I feel. Um, I mean, we've had conversations about this in the past. Um, social media, obviously, hugely powerful tool. Um, the world of mindset coaches, especially over lockdown, seems to have tenfolded um, with more eight-year-olds who think they know the world. Um, what, do, what do you take from it? What, how, how do you see um, social media and, and the, the mindset gurus, shall we what call the them? So, well, I mean, you've got, you, you got two different things here, right, for me. So, so, like anything, right? Like anything. For anything, anything that is an opportunity can 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 be used either way, right? And and like any change, I've said about the lockdown, any change can create pain and misery and suffering and negativity. And any change, the same change is also the catalyst for for creating some really good things and amazing things. So social media specifically, what, what's what's amazing about it is that you can literally become a world star from your bedroom, right? If you've got something really good to say. Um, if you if you're charismatic, charming, if you've got that star quality, you can you can make it with nothing, you know. And and and, and I'm, I'm I love it. I love watching you know these these uh, 22 year olds or something that are literally you know they're, they're buying their parents six bedroom houses and they're, they're making millions right doing yeah. doing YouTubing and stuff. And I'm I'm fascinated by that world because it's like you know there's a it's a platform for everyone to shine, right? The negative side of it, of course, is is actually there's the smoke and the mirrors and 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 all those sorts of things, you know. And and there's a lot of fake gurus out there. And when we look at you know the highest levels, sometimes the people that we look up to the most, the closer you get to those gurus, and the more you see behind the curtain, the more you see maybe a side of my industry that I don't like and I'm not a mm-hmm. fan of. It's something that I've been battling my whole life, which is or my whole business life in terms of this business, which is. You know, it's got to be authentic. It's got to be honest and whatever. And I think social media is is uh, has created, on the one hand, it enables this rawness of honesty that, to come through, but it's almost given a platform for greater levels of bullshit as well. And I think that's like the double-edged sword. I think, you know, and, and, and one of the problems I have with this, and I feel, you know, and I, I do feel strongly about this, is there's some really good, talented people that are, aren't getting out there and they're not yeah. making a name for themselves. Um, and there's some people out there who honestly, if if you had a, if you scratch the surface of who they were as people, you wouldn't give them a cent, let alone give them, you know, billion pound businesses or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. and, and I think for me, 
it's that like anything, right? You know, it, it's it's an amazing opportunity, but it's also like anything. It's it's created a number of people have you know have exploited if you like the platform. And yeah, I mean, a lot of them come out with some very dangerous comments, and not literally dangerous of jump off a bridge, but dangerous in business and things like that. What do you think it is? Speaking of mindset, and obviously this is what you work in, what do you think it is then that has drawn people to those people? If they're if they're giving so much bullshit, yeah. surely people can see through that. What was well, you and I? But you and I, we've had this conversation, right? And and the conversation is, and it's that question, right? Because I can't answer it one hundred percent. But it is that question where you and I, have, I've had this with you a number of times, and you're like, how can they not see it? Like 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 like, it, you know, it's like it's so obviously there. I'm not going to name any names, right? You and I have talked about different names in the past, right? It's so obviously there. It's so obviously bullshit, or it's so obviously they're not nice people, or it's so obviously a scam or a con and you know whatever it might be right there's this whole thing in there this contrepreneur kind of yeah um, backflip, backflip on a on a beach and then run up to the camera uh, well, hey do you want to do the same guy, as me right, right that one particular guy was was quite spectacular um and then there's the you know the guy that loses weight and then he's got his shirt off in every video it's it's, it's a weird it's a weird thing i look at it and i go what really and then people buy into it i think what it is i think what it is i think when you see someone face to face and you look them in the eyes and stuff like that, you can you can normally see who the person is. And I think with social media and stuff, I think like you and I are here, we're connecting with whatever. It's not quite the same as if we're looking at each other straight in the eyes and stuff like that. And I think it's easy to create a veneer, a film, if you like, you know, veneer over who you are as a personality and what you're doing. It's what they've been doing in Hollywood and pop stars forever, right? So, I mean, nothing's changed. Yeah. You take someone that can't sing, you auto-tune them, you give them some really plastic really, surgery. I mean. Yeah, right. Give them some plastic surgery, roll them fucking out, and Simon Cowell can wrap them up in something, and suddenly you've got a number one singer who can't sing very well, who doesn't write their own songs. Um, and, and, it's just, and, and I think it's just the same. I think it's just an extension of that. I think it's... You know why? You know why is it that we're revering people that that clearly don't have a lot of talent, but have had this machine wrapped around them to create a fake version of that person? That the people that orchestrate this, the puppet masters, you know, of these people, they know how to make them appeal to an audience, and they're just, I mean, brilliant at it. And I think when we look at like social media and the gurus we're talking about and the big names and that, obviously, that you know, money helps. You know, you, you put your face everywhere and you spend a lot of money behind it. But I think also they are just really talented in wrapping themselves up in that persona, that superstar persona, mm -hmm. in the same way that Simon Cowell might wrap a, you know, a pretty talentless singer and make them a megastar. It's the same thing they seem to be able to do. And, and, and there's that magic formula, you know, which takes someone that maybe doesn't have superstar quality, but somehow they wrap themselves up in a way that, that works, you know. It's that age-old adage, isn't it? Fake it till you make it, I guess. Well, well, yeah, but yeah, I'm not. Well, what's this? It's when, you, when you rent your Lamborghini or you stand next to somebody else's, you mean that's all fake <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, look, there's a, and there's a line, isn't there? There's a line because I'm here to help motivate and support people. So, you know, when I say about being honest and authentic, you know, I wouldn't expect you to come out to your client saying, listen, I'm, you know, I have serious doubts about my performance. I've got some self-esteem issues. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at what I do. But if I'm honest with you, you know, there's a lot of anxiety around what, I, right? Of course, right? You're not going to be that authentic and honest, right? I'm here to help people to tap into their strengths and 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 to to, to, to promote themselves in a positive way. Um, yeah. But I think there's a difference between 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 that 
and the, you know, and again, I'm talking negatively. Some of these people just have that star quality probably the same as, you know, why, why does Tom Cruise get all the roles that he gets? We, he's clearly not the best actor in Hollywood, and yet he clearly makes more money than everyone else out there. So he's doing something very, very right. And I think yeah. some Boss people... harder than anybody else, doesn't he? That's the thing. So Right. So, so, so I think you've got different levels. You've got different levels. So you've got the, you know, the compreneur type thing we're talking about, which is a deliberate manipulation of the audience. You've then got people that have that natural star quality and charisma that, you know, whatever, just hits the mark. Then you've got the people that are just willing to work and graft their way to that sort of success. And then you've got, you know, everybody else scratching their chin, sort of, you know, looking at why are they so successful when whatever. And I think what I've said to a lot of people is, you know, it's not about knocking anyone who's successful who's not as good as you or you perceive isn't as good as you at what you do. You know, in, in, when I used to work in film and stuff, you know, lecture and stuff, um, you know, there's loads of actors who would see themselves potentially as better actors than some leading actors in Hollywood, right? You know, I mean, a lot of these actors just don't, I don't know, I, I don't know, upset people, right? But if you look at Jack Nicholson, for fuck's sake, he, he's got one character, Jack Nicholson, and yet he's considered one of the greatest actors of all time. Whether he's an evil Jack Nicholson or just a moody, mean Jack Nicholson, it's all the scale of exactly the same Jack Nicholson. And, you know, when you look at people, you know, some of the best, you know, what we consider to be the biggest, most loved actors in the world, you know, they're, they're clearly not massively dimensional. You know, in fact, you know, in film, it's often the it's often your bit part character, the person that plays second and third lead. They're normally in many ways the better actor, but they haven't got that charisma, the charm, that that sort of star yeah. quality. But I see a lot, you know, I've, I met a load of like budding actors that look up to these major actors and think, you know, Christ, how the hell does that person become that? I coached a singer once. Like, how does that person have pop star career and they can't even sing, they can't even write, they can't even whatever. And they knock them. And it's like, well, don't knock them because actually success is a hard lesson to learn, it's Simon, but success isn't about how good you are. Success is about how well you do whatever it is you do in terms of the game. And, and, and you could be the best coach in the world, but if you don't, do the business of coaching very well, then then you're going to struggle to ever be as successful as you could be. You know, and these people have yeah. have learned, right? They've, they've they've mastered that. And I think there's a lot we can learn from these people because what we need is more really good, authentic, decent quality professional people with the skills that enable them to get out there on social media and have more of an impact, right? Yeah. Let's um, let's go back to the mindset stuff then um, before we end up closing out and stuff. We are in a really difficult time at the moment. The, the, it's, it's, it is really weird. We are going to drop into this tier system. Every like what is it? Ninety nine percent of the country is in either tier two or tier three. We're all in lockdown. Uh, well, so we're basically still in lockdown until Christmas. They're just not yeah. calling it lockdown so they can win the next election. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so how? Would you say what would you say to a business owner right now, a small business owner? They're they're struggling, they're really finding it hard to get to that end of the year because they know if they can get to 2021, there's a chance they could survive as a business. How what would you say to somebody who's really struggling mentally right now? What is there any tips you could give them or anything like that? I think I think I think it's really the, the one thing that springs to mind, right, is is uh is is almost like that. It's almost like I want that wake up moment. You know, I said before where the moment you realize this is what it is and this is this is what's happening and this is what we have to, this is what we're dealing with, and 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 not and not hoping for necessarily for anything. We can hope for, for different, but what I mean is we're not hanging in there waiting for something different. Um, mm -hmm. I, my my personal prediction is we're in lockdown till spring, right? So this is my I I, I predicted this back in. Um, probably around June time, May, June, I said to the club, I said, look, we're going to have a relatively okay summer. I think we're going to have a slightly tough autumn. Then I think we're going to be in a long, long lockdown. 
Um, and, and, you know, and I think we're going to have a, a bumpy ride through to spring, right? And then once, you know, you heard the government started to talk in very similar terms around September, they started talking very similar terms. And then lo and behold, we end up in a tier system. Then for a tier system, we end up in a lockdown. From a lockdown, we end up going back into a tier system, but it's a tier system that's twice as strict as it was when we went in. So it's almost like, it's like, it's, it's like you know, I, anyway, right? So, you know, so to, to places of, lot, you know, the, the, the cases have gone down, but the, the tears gone up, you know, and there's a whole mm -hmm. lot of reasons why that might be. And they'll sell you a great story on why that is. But the truth of the matter is, I'm telling you now, you know, we've got five days off over Christmas. Most of the country is, is still in lockdown, right? If you're two, if you're tier two, you're still in lockdown, right? I mean, yes, you've got some freedom. Look at how we're talking in the modern world. Can you even believe we're saying this? You have some freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wanna, I like, like the world's just accepted. Oh, yeah, we have these conversations now. You're allowed to meet people for Christmas. What do you fucking mean allowed to meet people for Christmas? Anyway, right? Anyway, this is the world we live in where we, we even have these conversations where I'm allowed to walk my dog or I'm allowed to get in my car or whatever, or allowed to cross the border. Anyway. I'm allowed um, to exercise. I'm allowed to exercise. <laughs> well, no, I'm, allowed, I'm allowed. It's a weird, weird world. It's a weird world. To even think like that, right? Okay. It's a strange place that we think like that. But I think, you know, we're going to be in bumpy. So I think for most people, it's this. Look, look, enjoy, enjoy your Christmas because Christmas is great anyway, even if you're in your own home. I mean, the good thing about Christmas Day, it doesn't matter if you're locked down or not, it's lockdown. No one does anything. You, you might have a couple of people around your house, but you're just locked in anyway, right? You just wake up and yeah. eat yourself to sleep. So anyway, but I think, yes, by all means, you can have that. Let me just get to the end of this year, right? I get that because at the end of the year, there's a break. There's a natural break coming where no one expects much from you over Christmas. You know, your clients will mm -hmm. go to have Christmas and you know, there's a lot of pressure that can release over that period. So by all means, you know, look forward to Christmas and look forward to closing out business this year. But I'm telling you now, don't lie to yourself that, you know, if I can get to the end of the year, then come January, we'll be okay. And then, you know, the vaccine's going to come. And then by spring, we're going to be, I think, I think it's very naive to be thinking like that. And I think all, all you're doing is prolonging your own misery. I think it's like the, the person in the, in the, in, you know, drowning in the sea, that's not that's refusing to accept their drowning and therefore they're not really doing the things they need to do to to embrace the situation they're really in and i think you know we, you know everyone's talking like 2021 is going to be you know this incredible year and it's going to be okay and the vaccines are going to come we're going to go back to normal um i'm going to tell you right now it's not going to happen right I, i'm just it's not going to happen we've got, we've got another another bumpy period next year certainly the early part of next year i think it's going to consider to be lumpy then we've got the recession to contend with right we are in a bang smack recession they don't end overnight either we're spending like nothing on earth the government's finding money for everything you know i look at homeless people now in a very different way i'm like the amount of money you find for everything else, right? How's the lot of them, right? I mean, it's, it's no mm. money compared to what you're spending on furloughing 22 year olds and stuff. Yeah. But my point is that I think the tip point of what I'm saying, there is, there is a motivational part to this. <laughs> like, I'm a realist as well. Don't I'm, that waiting, realism, I'm waiting. <laughs> that, that, realism, that realism is not about being negative or even a pessimist. I, I, I can't bear the pessimism and negativity being under the banner of realism. Realism is about having your wise eyes open and seeing what really is there. And then it's about being the most positive force you can within that obvious truth. And the obvious truth is we are in bumpy times and lumpy times and it's going to be bumpy into next year. So I don't want people to be thinking, if I can just get to the end of the year, then someone's going to save me. If I can get to the end of the year, the vaccine's going to save me. The world's going to be okay. It's like, you know what? It's, it is what it is. The train is bumpy. Right now, for me, it's about creating your own stability. It's, it's creating stability in your own life, not relying on going to the pub and meeting other people to be happy. It's saying, how can I find what I was getting from that social activity? How can I bring that into my life now? So I'm not harping back to 
when I used to be able to do something or harping forwards when they allow me to do it again, it's saying, right, you know what, you know, I, how do I make this happen for me? You know, it's like you go to the gym a lot. I used to go to the gym and, you know, the gym was taken off the table. So I set up my gym here in my studio mm -hmm. slash everything place. And I set up my gym and I started working out from home and I, I flipping love it. So now I haven't gone back to my gym and I've canceled my gym membership because I prefer it actually. But also, of course, if I had gone back to the gym, it would only have been about two months before I bloody kicked out the gym again and we're back in lockdown. That, that, but that, <laughs> right, that, but that's really destabilizing to people. And this, you know, can I go to the pub? Can I go to the pub? Can I meet friends? Can I not meet friends? Do I do this activity and my business? You know, can I go networking face to face or networking online? And if we're if we're blown by external circumstances and we're constantly doing what we're allowed to do and what we're told to do, rather than saying, right, this is the this is the terrain we live in, and creating a life and a business that works independent of that external chaos then we can bring that calm and that peace to our life that's maybe missing for some people, especially the ones that you're talking about who are saying, let's just get to the end of the year. Let's just, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. no, how do you, irrespective of what Boris Johnson does, irrespective of what they, you know, Sage say, irrespective of the media, irrespective of coronavirus and vaccines and all that shit, irrespective of all those things, how do you create a life that works for you? How do you create a business that works for you? How do you create fulfillment and success within you know a bubble if you like of your own creation rather than one that's been constantly buffeted and dictated to by external forces and i think it's what creates happiness and fulfillment anyway i'll be honest with you right is finding it yourself rather than relying on external things but i think it's just really important and i think if people use christmas if they are in that mindset you're talking if they use the christmas period of, of just enjoying the, the peace and the quiet and the space and not having to be frantic with work and that mm -hmm. and really start to design their life and design their own experience in life independent of Boris Johnson and whatever's going on in America and, and all these sorts of things. I think, yeah, for me, I think it's really important that we uh, become self, self-determining. I, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I'm just, happy, I'm good. What, what you said there just kind of brought another question to, to mind then is obviously we are going into December. That would normally be a point in a time where a business we saw it over summer, and I couldn't believe we still saw it over summer, where people stop working. Do you think then, going into December, this is a huge opportunity for those smaller businesses to double down and yeah. do way more than the competition probably are likely to do? Yeah, for, for sure, right? I mean, there's no question. So uh, during summer, I put out, you know, my message to my members, and that was really simple. Look, we'd had three really, I mean, it's almost hard to remember. It's, the world is changing so fast, and things happen so fast. If you remember, Simon, what April, May, June kind of felt like, and, you know, from the end of March through, it was I was talking. I was talking about this the other day, and we were literally saying, I can't actually remember a period of time. I remember things. But I don't remember a period of time. No. I don't remember a day or a week. I remember sitting on the balcony with my little boy in his swimming pool. I remember going for an ice cream. I don't remember like full days. I couldn't tell you when those things happened. I know it's it, it's quite, and it's only a handful of months ago, right? But we we forget. But so a lot of a lot of businesses, you know, we, ourselves included, by the way, we we worked so hard during that period, you know, because. It was emotionally really challenging. So it was exhausting emotionally. Mm. Mentally, it was challenging because we're like, you know, suddenly we've got a million problems to solve. Um, so it's mentally. And then physically, it is because we had to work so much harder over that period. Either, you know, if you're in a supporting role, if you're a service-based business, say, like, like we are coaches, mentors and stuff, accountants had this, HR people had this. You know, suddenly you're working twice as hard to support the people you had because everyone's got – normally, you know, out of my 70-plus members, there's a handful of people going through chaos, right, at any one time. 
Yeah. Suddenly, out of 70 members, maybe 70, 80% of those are going through chaos, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So you're exhausted. So, so there's a period where I said to people, look, take the break if you need the break. You know, take the breather when you came into summer. But I said to them then, I said, listen, and, I, and again, not doom and gloom, I was just predicting what's inevitable. I said, look, we're going to have a hard autumn. It's going to be a hard winter. We're going to be probably in the best time, right? And this was back in about May, June time. I said, this is going to be the best, June it was. I said, this is going to be the best period you've got in business and in life, probably maybe for another eight, nine months or so, right? Until maybe through to March next year. And I said, so so just in, you know, enjoy that period in terms of the opportunity that's there for business. And all the business owners that I worked with over that period, you know, and our members, I kept pushing them hard over summer when a lot of people kept switching off and, you know, treating summer like it was a normal summer. It's like, yeah. you've just had three months off. You just had two months off. <laughs> you know? Exactly, yeah. Don't, don't take another two months off. Work, you got to catch up. And every member I work with who pushed hard and sold through summer, they all got themselves back on track by, by by October time. They were really back on track. This is why I was so frustrated going into these bloody tier systems and then now back into lockdown. And then what we're facing for the next four or five months really got my goat because I, I seen so many business owners work so hard to get to that point where they were back on track and they'd done what they needed to do. And then there's another rug being taken out from them. Now, the good news is it's almost like, OK, we're in lockdown now. The world almost carries on like normal. Unless you're in one of those industries where like a pub or a club or whatever, where you can't work, you know, it's almost like you have to just keep going forward for me there's no question i think it's going to christmas is going to be like summer i think there's going to be more business available in december and through december than maybe there is most years because i think a lot of people um are still capitalizing on that so especially if you're a service-based business especially if you're b2b you know we've been so crippled that i don't think we can have the luxury of winding down the first week of december i think there's such an yeah. opportunity and, and, and my, my encouragement is, is the same right is put your line in the sand this is your cutoff, right? This is your cutoff. And then when you cut off, you're going to do it. It could be one day you cut off for Christmas and you work the rest of the time. You might say, I'm going to cut off from the 21st through to the, you know, the 4th of Jan. Whatever it is you decide, then decide on that. That's fine. But for me, it's, the, it's, it's you know, you're, you're an ex-athlete, right? You always lunge for the line. You're always, yeah. even if you've fallen over, you've lost your shoe, right, Simon? You don't sit there and say, oh, fuck this, I've lost already. You, you always lunge for the line, right? And for me... I say it every year, but I think this year is more important. I know you're tired. I know you're worn out. I know it's been a shit year. I know many of us want to get to the end of it, but I think it's like you know what? It's 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 one more. It's one more bend. It's one more lap. It's one more push. Um, make the most of of what is there right now. Spirits are going to go high. People, you know, even though we're in a weird Christmas, people are looking forward to it. There's going to be a shift in energy. That is good for business, right? Op, you yeah. know, optimism and positivity. It's good for business. Maximize that. Because we're going to come into January, and January we know is always quiet and it's always a bit sluggish. This year it might be twice as sluggish because, you know, let's be honest, we're going to be, if we don't go into full lockdown, it doesn't really matter because we'll all be in tier three anyway. So it's the same shit. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't make any difference. We won't go into lockdown again, but you might all be in tier three or maybe tier four. We haven't designed that yet, but it might. So the point is, you know, I think, you know, I think January, February, I th again, I don't be doom and gloom. I think January, February are going to be hard months. I think it'll be, I think they're dark, they're cold, they're miserable anyway. And I think they're going to be harder this year. And I think, you know, capitalize on what's there right now. We and, and from now through to middle to the third week of December, I think it's a great opportunity for business owners. And uh, and you want to set up as much as you can, even if you don't want to do the work now, set yeah. it up for January. So you're not waking up in January going, where's the business? Wake up in January with a client ready, with work ready, with your next contract ready, yeah. whatever it might be. Cool. George, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you for the last 41 minutes. Blimey, we've been going for a while. Um, if if people want to find you, obviously you've got the club, so I'll put all the details of your website and your socials underneath and everything like that after the show. 
But is there one place in particular you'd like people to try and find you on social media? I would, I would love it. So, so um, def- definitely, for me personally, right, if I, could, if I could say this, right, it's my podcast, which Simon does all my editing for and uh, does my production and posting and everything else. I, I record and then hand it over to Simon. Um, I think, actually, you know what? I mean, find me on social media, definitely. You know, you know Facebook is where, you know, I probably have most of my com- conversations. You'll see me on LinkedIn and stuff. But I think if, you know, if I could encourage anyone that's watching this, you know, if you want tips, hints, if you want to keep that, 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 um, you know, just keep yourself in the game and stuff. Then if, if you know, if you can point them at the podcast, so the Leveling Up podcast, mm-hmm. um, it's on SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, if you can drop the link on that as well, Simon, that'd be awesome. Um, just check me out. Either search my name, Jaw Swift, or you can search Leveling Up um, with Jaw Swift or whatever, and you'll find me there. And there's like 200 and something episodes that you know, Simon, because you've worked through them all. Um, but it's some really good stuff there that went right through the whole of the lockdown. And, and I'm going to keep putting out three times a week. Um, and it's all right. about, you know, there's tactics and strategies and business, but a lot of it is about keeping in the game and keep pushing forward. Brilliant. Thank you so much for chatting to us, George, and uh, yeah. take care. And, um, yeah, stay safe in these weird times. Um, I sure just remove you for a moment. So uh, thank you very much to George Swift for joining us this evening from Bigger, Brighter, Boulder. Like I say, all his links will be in the section below after this live show. So if you're watching on the replay, they're already there waiting for you to go and click them and uh, check out more about George and the group and the community that he works with. Uh, If you're brand new, please, as always, do hit subscribe on my content as well, whatever platform you're watching on, be it Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are. Uh, And thank you so much for watching, as always. Uh, And just in this current climate, still, as I always say at the end of these, please continue to stay safe and have a good one. I will catch you on Monday at an undisclosed time because it is Daddy Daycare Day. So I'll see you whenever I see you. Have a good one and take care. Bye. This was a Perception Studios production.